You're listening to the Ranger Things Podcast. to ranger things we're recording on saturday february 24th 2024 i'm carlo montagino and i'm joined by brendan lyons good evening and that's it dave's out celebrating his birthday at a big dinner so uh maybe he jumps on later maybe not yes happy birthday david the happy big birthday. four one wow for what our an old bastard for our baby boy david <laughs> literally we're older all... than Every Rangers fan at this point. Yeah, we're all old. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be forty in like two weeks, and I'll be forty in a month. Like two weeks after that, you'll be forty. Yeah, we're we're just. Yeah. I just. It, I feel every minute of it. I feel yeah. it. So, um, yeah. speaking of speaking of being old, I've been. I told you a couple of weeks ago. I've been doing my Brendan walks. Yes. Yes. I don't think we've talked about this on the podcast, so I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about it real quick. Well, let let me do my intro first, and then okay, okay, okay. (laughs) Then we'll get into Brendan Walks. Okay. All right. As always, you can visit RangerThingsPodcast.com and subscribe for free to get access to content, newsletters, and more. You can also follow us on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube. Just search Ranger Things Podcast. We'd love for you to be a part of the show, so send an email to contact at RangerThingsPodcast.com. You can also subscribe to the show using your favorite service. And if you do, we'd appreciate your ratings and reviews. Let's get into it. Brendan walks. All right. So I've been doing these Brendan walks, right? So, you know, I've been on this, like, get healthier journey Mm -hmm. lately. Well, not lately for a while now, right? For I quit smoking cigarettes. I, you know, I quit using the vape. Uh, I quit drinking fully caffeinated coffee. I quit drinking uh, all the fun things I quit. And then uh, I gained a bunch of weight as a result of quitting all those those things. So now I'm trying to uh, lose the weight. And I was actually pretty inspired by, uh, by ironically enough, Frank Fleming, Frank, the tank, the New Jersey tank, who's been doing these Frank walks every day. And I think that's all he's doing. Like he's not following a diet or anything like that. He's just going out and walking to getting like seven to 10,000 steps with his buddy every day. And he's dropping pounds. The the boy's dropping LBs. He's looking good. Right. Uh, Like his blood, like he's getting blood work done. Like his levels are looking good. Like he's getting his life back. So I was like, you know what? If fucking Frank, the tank could do it. So could I. So I started going on Brendan walks every single day walking like three to five miles a day. And, uh, you know, I play pickleball, so I'm playing pickleball like once or twice a week. Mm -hmm. And at some point to tie it back into getting old, like at some point, I think it was like four days ago, I woke up and I hopped out of bed and my left knee isn't working anymore. (laughs) Oh, shit. I don't know. I don't, don't know. There, there's no specific moment in where in which I hurt the knee. Like I didn't twist it or like jam it or like step on something wrong or like overextend it. Like none of that happened. I just get one of those stone cold braces. So I do. I actually have like I have uh, 
like a compression brace for my knee because I have bad knees from playing hockey. Mm -hmm. And uh, like I have a cartilage issue, particularly in my left knee. And then like I poke around on the knee and it feels like it hurts like right on the bone, like on the inner knee. And I'm like, ooh, that does, that's not good. So I was looking at my knees before and my left knee is like one and a half times bigger than my right knee right now. And it's just diagnosis being 40 years old. Yeah, you that's, just got to start living on ibuprofen and baby aspirin. That's so it. I've just been like, and I had to paint my bedroom today because we're selling the house. So like just move, like I put a, I had to bring a bunch of boxes to storage and then move a bunch of shit out of the bedroom and I'm like on one leg essentially trying to do all of this and like painting the room and I could just feel my knee getting bigger and bigger as the days as the days going on (laughs) it's just brutal I hate being old man that sucks yeah I'm I had my my most recent feeling real old moment was so I haven't I haven't played hockey since uh my wife was a seven months pregnant with my twins so they'll be five soon so five years i haven't played hockey and when we moved out to ohio the first summer or maybe the second summer i'm like oh, i'll play ball hockey just to get out there on, the, on a saturday afternoon and just like play the game because there's no i haven't played ice hockey in a very long time admittedly and there's no inline hockey out here at all so i'm like playing ball hockey and i just cannot breathe and these guys are like 25, 26. And I'm sitting there 38, Fuck them. 39. Fuck them. And I'm like, but I brought, I, I eventually, figured, by the end of the season, the last two games of the season, I slowed the game down to my pace. I was pretty effective scoring goals. It, was, it, it worked. But then I'm like, you know what? It's not worth me like dying and dry heaving every game mm-hmm. to like try to keep up with these guys. So I like the ability to coast. Um, so I felt, I, I definitely felt old at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I actually, the only injury I had, I had, I carried my, uh, I have like a travel backpack. It fits everything in. It's like a 50 liter travel backpack. I carried yeah. it wrong in the airport and pulled oh, my lower back. And I was, I could not sit down for four months. Oh God. It was the, and I just lived off ibuprofen. Just cause you carried it wrong. Like that's it, was, it. it was fully packed. I'm like waiting for the Uber. I'm walking down the street to get a bagel while I'm waiting for my Uber. And I had it on one shoulder, like a fucking stunad. And it just pulled that whole muscle out. Ugh. And I couldn't sit down for four months. I swear to God, we went to get breakfast uh, last weekend and we were walking back to the car and I coughed and my sciatica popped. <laughs> and, and Sandra was like, was that your back? And I was like, I think so. I hope I think so. Was, it's- I hope so. <laughs> It's like, how does that even happen? She was like, how does that even happen? And I was like, 40. I'm 40 yeah, years I'm 40 old. Years that's, old. How, yeah, that's how that happens. Yeah. It's, it's I'm brutal. fucking falling apart. <laughs> that's how that happens. And the, the worst is you feel, it's not even that you feel the moment that you something breaks, you feel it breaking. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. like, this, you know, you know, you're like, I don't know, you, you turn a screw too tight and you're like, oh, I probably shouldn't go that extra bit. And then you do. And you're like, oh, okay, you felt it breaking and then you broke it. Mm-hmm. You feel that in every bone and every muscle, like you feel it breaking down. It's just, ugh, it sucks, man. I, I remember, I remember last year when I got a new primary care doctor and I was, 
I was telling her that I like joint pain. I live with joint pain. And she was like, well, what joints hurt? And I was like, well, my wrists and my elbows <laughs> and my shoulders and my hips and then my knees <laughs> and then my ankles. So all of them, all of my joints hurt. And it doesn't help that you live in Portland, like one of the wettest places in the world. Yeah, there's just so much moisture here in the Pacific Northwest that it just it just seeps into your joints. Like maybe I should move to like the Southwest where it's super dry. Get in get go to Arizona, get yeah. season tickets to the, the well, they're gonna be gone, but the coyotes. Yeah. It'll be fun. Well, anyway. I, I, anyway, I have to before we get into the show. Speaking show, of breaking joints. Speaking of breaking joints, I got a, I got a, I have a mea culpa here. Okay. Wow. Last okay. week's episode, if you listen to it, listen, we were all celebrating. It was a great stadium series game. I, I was, yeah. I was celebrating from 11 a.m. that day. Yeah. And you were charged I, up. You were charged up. I was up. charged up. I was charged up. Dropped a lot of F bombs. Um, you said some things. I said some things that I gotta, I gotta amend. Mm-hmm. Okay, especially mm-hmm. well, let's get into it. I said we should trade Igor Shesterkin. You did. That's a fact. You did say that. Um, I I stand by the intent in that we can get a lot back for him, and that mm-hmm. you know we did have the the conversation was that you don't need an elite goalie. So I feel like it was not totally off base. Um, but then. The Spit and Chicklets podcast, uh, what's his face? Bizonette said the same thing that the Rangers should trade Shesterkin and get a, a haul for him. And I realized at that moment that I had fucked up. Yeah. I should not be saying anything that this guy had, uh, agrees with. Yeah. Um, especially as a Rangers fan. So my bad. We should well not put. trade Shesterkin. Um, I mean, well um, I mean, unless there is a haul, but we should not, we don't need to trade. Quick is not the I- answer. I in in the moment I supported I supported your statement, and you know, I stand I by be, my. I statement. can be pretty convincing. I can be. I stand by my statement that in 2013 we should have traded Hank. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'll say this: if the Rangers, if in a few months from now the Rangers do lift a cup, if mm-hmm. if if the Rangers hoist a cup over their head, and we get the parade and the whole bit. And we reach the promised land, then they should absolutely consider trading Shisterkin. That that let's give it this season, get it in the cup, get, and then we'll go from there. We'll, we'll break the curse that we've created with Hank. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's a good idea. But and we're going to talk about Shisterkin stats this episode. Absolutely unreal. Um, but before we get into yeah. all that, I have a second thing to say. Um, you have more. The apology one, tour is one not more. Over. One more thing I'm gonna like amend. I'm sure I said a million things, but I don't really care. I don't remember them. Um, I, I when we were talking about Rempe, and I said he's not ready. I said he has skated a little bit funny, and I still, again, I stand by it. Is he NHL ready? I mean, he's a little bit early. He's coming up a little bit early, but his impact on this team has tremendous. been absolutely tremendous. So um, I'm just going to wholesale take that back. He Is he NHL ready? He's showing – he seems like he is. So fuck it. I'm wrong. My bad. I should hey. have said that. My bad. I, I love the shirt, Brendan. 
for those of like you I'm just a- listening to the audio, uh, because Brandon this is an audio medium. shirt made this is today. A, this, is, this is an audio medium. So yes, Brandon fr- went to the mall. Shirt. He went to the mall. Had a screen. I went printed. to a. I went to a mall, folks. <laughs> Did you know malls? <laughs> Did you know malls still exist? I went to one, and there was a screen printing shop. Easily the most depressing situation I've seen in five years it was just this one middle-aged dude in a room full of number one boyfriend t-shirts holy shit i gotta go ahead I, i'm I have, pretty I have sure a printing store i gotta tell you when I, when I asked him how long it was gonna take he was like a half hour and i was like that seems like a long time and then i realized he just wanted somebody in the store with him for yeah. a half hour yeah yeah Actually, Dave, so Dave came out to visit uh, here in Ohio and we were taking like Easter pictures or Christmas pictures. Uh, who knows? So we, we were going to there's a mall that has these pictures being taken. We sit on Santa's lap and it's it's about a half an hour south of us. It's the closest mall. It's like malls are dying. Mm-hmm. Um, so we get the pictures whenever we're walking around the mall. And we walk into there's it's like a sporting it's like a fan wear show uh, store, but it's all unofficially all unlicensed. This guy just screen prints it in the store. It's a huge store. Mm-hmm. It's like the size of two hot topics. It's huge. And this guy has like racks and racks and racks of Cleveland Indians, sweatshirts, T-shirts, hats, the whole nine. So me and Dave go in there like, oh, let's just go buy some Cleveland Indian stuff because that's a fucking hoot. And I we go in there and this guy, he'll screen print anything. You could just bring him anything, tell him anything, and he'll screen print it. Same deal. He wanted us in there. And we're just buying sweatshirts. But this guy was talking. He was like, man, I can't believe what they did to the Indians. I'm never going to call them the Guardians. It's the Indians. <laughs> just, and, and he's like getting more and more like Facebooky as he's like talking to me. Yes. And I'm like, and I and I I've got a face where people trust me, I guess, because he kept yeah. going. And I'm like shooing everyone away. I'm like, all right, everyone go, 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 go. I'll I'll take Next this. thing you know, he starts to pull the gate down on the store and he's like, it, bro, what's on Hunter Biden's laptop? Bro, let's get into you it. Ever, you ever see falling down? He like brought me to the back <laughs> of the store. <laughs> and it was like I almost had to kill this guy. I almost <laughs> had to kill this guy. Um yeah, it was serious. I was like, I gotta get the fuck out of here. I was like, all right, sorry, my kids are hungry. Bye bye. That's what you get for talking to white people in Ohio. <laughs> Yeah, maybe. <laughs> but um, so yeah, uh, yeah. Rempy, Matthew Rempy. Let's get. Let's talk he about Rempy. Is, uh, this guy is an animal. The boy is a. Uh, the boy's a beast. And he's. I just love him. He's so lovable. They he want really to give is. him a big hug. He's such and, a sweetie. He's such and, a, like when you interview him. He's such a. He's such he's, a sweet little angel. This guy's a gamer, man. Like he, like the interview is like, oh yeah, we were just throwing bombs at each other, just smiling the whole. He's way. having a good time. He's living. He's having dream. a blast. Did you see what's his face's face after that fight today? Oh yeah. Holy, oh I, I, yeah. I'm like watching the fight. My kids are there horrified. At, like, they're like <laughs> they don't like the fighting. 
but they're watching this and they're like horrified. Like I had a daughter with her face under our blanket and I'm like, look at this guy. He fucked this guy up. And I'm so pumped. And they were like, so scared about how they, they're like, does he, that guy has a lot of boo-boos. I'm like, yeah, he got yeah. fucked up. This dude got yeah. hurt. So but, but let me tell you something. Let me, there's, there's a lot of talk about Matthew Rempe from both. Well, I'm not, there's a lot of, t- like a lot of Ranger fans are talking about Matthew Rempe. Like, oh, is this all it's going to be? First of all, no, because after, like, after the fight, after the five minute penalty, the guy comes out of the box, starts taking shifts. That's it. The fight was over. Right. Right. Turns out he could play hockey. He, he's, he, he can. He's a gamer. He could play hockey. He was sound defensively. Him, he was sound defensively. Good four checker. Yeah. A presence in front of the net. Got himself a goal. Yeah. Right. Uh, is he is he where Edstrom is? Edstrom's good. Edstrom's Edstrom's really good. Edstrom's good. Edstrom but, is NHL ready. But whatever Edstrom, whatever head or shoulder that Edstrom has over Rempe, Rempe brings that physicality and that man child mm-hmm. just like throw bomb, like let's fucking, so, let's fucking go. Like, here's what I'm excited every game. For. Here's what I'm excited for is that if you like, if you dive into the YouTube files on Edstrom mm-hmm. three, two or three years ago, Edstrom is Rempe. Yeah. That's true. He's just bombing people, just meleeing them. Edstrom can play a very physical game. So I'm excited to see what it looks like when both of them are just fucking. You, well, you, you saw it, you people. saw it a bit today, like and against Jersey, like that their four check is it's horrifying it for is. opposing defenders. It's hard, like that puck's in deep, and their line is out. You want to fucking talk? You want to cough that puck up as soon mm-hmm. as possible? Well, you, you know, do it's not wh- want to get destroyed. Whatever they, whatever they lack in skill, they make up for in speed and yep. just sheer size and force. Mm-hmm. They're just, they just, they do whatever they want because you, yeah. you can't stop them because you can't stop them. And, uh, you know, let's let's. Ta- let's touch a bit on that hit on Bastion, right? Because K- it's a case in point, right? Bastion was going to get hurt on that play either way be- because he had Edstrom on one side and Rempe on the other. Mm-hmm. He, like, a, like har- scared for his life, sees these two monster guys coming at him tosses the puck and keeps himself vulnerable and gets completely demolished. Mm-hmm. Like, but that that's the play that's going to happen from these mm-hmm. two. And I think Edstrom, I think Edstrom is l- doing less of the physical work because he has Rempe out there doing it for him. Yep. I don't think Edstrom needs to do it. If you have two no. of those guys doing it, like maybe playoff time, you'll start seeing yep. Edstrom, you know, going off leash but let the kid have fun he's earned it he's 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 having a barrel of laughs let him do it edstrom doesn't mm-hmm. need to do it he, he he's got a couple more years a little bit more seasoned yeah. 
But yeah, I, I was surprised to see how many Ranger fans are like, oh, this is annoying. He's going to fight every game. Ridiculous. But let me tell you, you know who loves Matt Rempe? The bench loves Matt Rempe. Peter <laughs> yeah. Laviolette loves Love Matt Rempe. Yeah. Rempe would not be in the lineup. Rempe would not be doing what he's doing if he wasn't getting the green light like, from Laviolette. He's not, t- he's not Tanner Glass. He's right. not Ryan Reeves. He is a solid fourth line player at this point. He is a four checking threat. He is a big, like you said, a big presence in, in front of the net. And you know what? He can fucking throw a check and he can set a tone in the game mm-hmm. by fighting. Right. Like and he's, he's got the full package of a bottom you know, six player. You go on social media and you, you look at say like opposing fan bases Right. It's really just the devils who who are up like devils fans who are up in arms about Matt Rempe because of what happened to well there's what happened to to Bastion and then just the the embarrassment of what happened to Siegenthaler. I mean, Boy. Siegenthaler that, he he thought he wanted that smoke. Yeah, and then that that tweet you that sent smoke. out was exactly what I was trying to express to myself. Even you said it before right. I knew I had to say it. Is, and I'm not going to quote it. I don't have it up. But that exchange is exactly mm-hmm. what every single team needs to start paying attention to. Exactly. Because there's going to be no more fucking around. There's no more fucking around. Like, you come right. at Rempe, you come at any Ranger at this point. It's it's not going to be this poke and hack and slash bullshit. Gloves are going to get dropped and right. get punched in the face four times. Right. That's it. You know who has no problem with Matt Rempe? The New York Islanders and their fans. Matt Martin <laughs> had the time of his fucking life oh, yeah. fighting Matt Martin. Yeah. Nicholas Delorier today. Oh, he loved it. Bleeding from everywhere <laughs> was hysterical laughing, skating to the bench. Yeah. Had the time of his life fighting this kid. It's a it's a kind of like a sideshow, a little bit. It is. I, I well, see like, that. But yeah, but like this is. When you like guys like Martin and Delorier and and Rempe to a certain degree, like these are not high skilled hockey players, right. especially guys like, you know, th- these older guys like Delorier and Martin who are from a different era of the game, uh, and still lingering around. Uh, they're they're not high skilled players, and right. when they came into the league, they had a very specific role, and that role is going away, and to see this young monster come into the league and play that type of hockey. Yeah. They want to see it's, it's kind of like a goon, yeah. you know, well, but the, like the other, they, yeah, go ahead, it's go fun for them. It's fun it for them, but it's what I, what, what I'm, what I'm seeing here is like Delorier and Martin, this Rempy comes in. There's a lot of like talk, this guy, he fights, blah, blah, blah. They're, Fighters, Martin fights, Delorier fights. They have to test their medal against him, not to prove for themselves, but mm-hmm. for Rempe to, to show the league, is Rempe for real or not? Mm-hmm. Okay? We've seen Rempe's for real, right? It's not like he's just tall and he can't fight. He can fight and he's tall. Right. Now, you're going to have every single other team. This is not going to be He's going to fight every tough guy in the league. This is a warning. Like, hey, this guy actually is for real. He handled right. Matt, Marvin, Matt Mar- uh, Martin. He handled Delorier. 
you don't want to get your right. little you don't want Nick Cousins on the bad side of Rempy. You don't want to get who Cousins got fucking handled by Mantha. Did you see that? Yep. Very nice. But you don't want your rat being a rat with this guy's on the on the bench because mm-hmm. you're going to have to deal with this. Yep. So yeah, all the you know the heavyweights are gonna go, and it's gonna be a fun little thing for them. But it's really not about the heavyweights; it's about displaying to the rest of the league, this guy's a fucking legit threat to your pieces of shit. So don't mm-hmm. let them be pieces of shit on the, against the Rangers. Did you see a few? Like it was quite a while after the fight. Uh, somehow in the rotation, Rempy wound up on the ice with Kreider. Okay. I did. And I didn't. I didn't notice that. I, I had company over. There was a bit of a scrum broke out. I don't remember if it was by Igor or if it was by Ursins, who played a great game, by the way. Mm-hmm. Urson is that how you say his name? I think Ursins, their goalie. I so. uh, played I, a I, great I game. Uh, Philly played a good game. Philly did play a good. Period. I mean, they're a good team. Philly's a good yeah. team. Uh, but a little bit of a scrum broke out. And like guys were getting in Kreider's face, and here comes Rempy. Like Rempy gets right in the middle of it, and Deloria like grabs him by the jersey and tries to throw him out of it. And Rempy comes skating back over, and Kreider like two hands on Rempy's chest is like pushing <laughs> away, don't. like not again, not again. <laughs> but yeah, That's I mean funny. this kid's for real. He's for real. Do like I agree with you. I don't think he's fully there yet. I think. Next year is 2024, 2025 is the year of uh, God, we're how many minutes into this fucking podcast? We've not talked about the fact that Johnny Brzezinski has gotten extended. Um, so next we'll year there, is, we'll is the year of Rempy, Brzezinski, Edstrom as our fourth line. Yeah. I mean, and this is, we've been saying this for a long time. This is how you build a bottom six from your, yeah. your, your affiliates. You can't start, you can't spend a ton of money on your bottom, like yeah. Goudreau. Look at Goudreau. This is which poor Goudreau. Like he had a goal he's get, and then it wasn't getting, a goal. It's getting bought out. It's he's getting bought out. I think I've the Brzezinski signing is the nail in the coffin for Goody. I, I mean, I've been saying that for months, we should buy him out. Mm. I'm glad it's happening. Yeah. Uh, the question is: Is Edstrom are Edstrom and Rempe going to play Jimmy VC off the roster? No, I think I think VC I think VC they, has earned his spot. Are they going to play him into the thirteenth forward? No, no. Yeah. I, I I think that at this stage, if we don't buy out Goodrow, Goodrow's that spot. I I think VC is. Edstrom and Rempe, Edstrom, Rempe, Brzezinski. If that's the line, that's that's not a that's not a third line. That's a fourth line. Yeah, that's a fourth, fourth line. line. VC can play up and down the lineup, mm-hmm. right? So you put VC on the third line, maybe the second line if there's an injury. I mean, I liked I liked VC on the first line quite a bit actually. Um, mm-hmm. when that that game he played, I, I don't think. I don't think VC's in danger. I think you have. I think there are other. It's, 
players. It's tough to have to because because next year you also have to make room for Othman. You have to assume Othman is gonna is gonna be fighting for us. I think Othman gets a look, but next but Othman's not gonna get fourth line minutes. Othman's not gonna no. get third line. Othman's jumping onto the second line, right? Mm-hmm. I think I think that's when we have to start thinking about Kako when yeah. Othman comes up. Um, so let's get back to the the here and now, and let's. Yeah. Let's let's jump. I know it's been a crazy week, you know. First of all, before we go anywhere else, we just touched on it. Congratulations to Johnny Brodzinski. This might be let's little golf clap. Golf clap. This Two is years so, one way deal. Beautiful. So well deserved. Uh, I I I guess he's he's living in a hotel in the city. He's been living right in now. hotels for the past. Ten years. Well, he's got. Well, no, he's got a like. He's got a permanent situation up in Connecticut. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's living in right now. He's living in a hotel in the city with his wife, his two girls, and their dog. And then every morning, his wife is driving the kids up to Hartford to go to to school. Jesus. Yeah. How crazy is that? Well, um, they can afford a place in New York City. They should look in Queens, yeah. maybe. Um. Well, yeah, at eight hundred thousand a year, I mean, they could they could shop wherever they want now. Uh, but yeah, you know, this guy. I mean, prior to this season, I think his longest stretch in in the national was what thirty three or thirty five games. He's thirty yeah, just years old. A cup old. of coffee, really. Yeah. You know, he's thirty years old. He has just been fighting and fighting and fighting and fighting and fighting for over ten years and. I mean, congratulations to Johnny. Yeah. I, I love him. I love Johnny Brzezinski. And it's a one-way deal, which is the best part because he's not mm-hmm. going anywhere. Which yeah, and it means even if he does go down, he still gets paid the still same amount of money. money. So it, it's he's you know he's earned the respect, he's earned the appreciation of the Rangers organization. I don't think he's going anywhere. Like yeah. I, I can't see that happening. Maybe next year something else happens. Who knows? But. He's yeah. he's secure for at least two more years. He's got his, I mean, his, I want to say he's got his bag. It's not a bag, but it's a bag for him for, for him. this career at this moment. It's he mm-hmm. good, well deserved. You know, I've I've heard a couple of guys say, I've heard a couple of people mention, oh, uh, you know, this makes him a more more attractive piece in a trade, and that is true. But true, yeah. I don't. I think. Chris Drury is going to be in the market for affordable talent. And why move him just to replace him with a comparable when he's already got a relationship with the staff and the players and it's a good fit, you know? He's a good fit already. He's affordable. We know he could play on the wing. You know, Peter Laviolette has referred to him as maybe his most versatile forward. Yeah, he could play center. He could play either wing. He can move. He can move up and down in the bottom and middle six. So, I think it's at seven eighty seven for two years. That's a steal. Yeah, so that's I, a, that's another. Uh, that's a that's another Chris Drury. But it is class. also it is also a very attractive piece of a trade potential trade mm-hmm. not that we want to trade him that's a, that's not why we signed yeah. it but we're also thinking like if we have to this mm-hmm. is a nice piece to have well even still 
that's that just makes it even more of a Chris Drury masterclass. Exactly. I mean, if Drury's if you don't think Drury is the best GM we've had in 40 fucking years, you're not paying attention. Yeah, yeah, you just you, you, if you, you don't think Drury's the best GM not named Iserman right now, you're not paying attention. Yeah. I, I he he's definitely best in the league for sure. Nobody's I, doing a better good. job. Nobody that maybe maybe Iserman, maybe one or two other people doing a better job. Who's the GM? I mean, Boston's GM. Who's their GM? Uh, he's he's doing a great job, obviously. Mm-hmm. But that's that. There's a culture instilled there. It's kind of. I don't want to say it's on autopilot. I don't want to insult Boston, but they're doing a great thing. Um, let's talk a bit about. I do want to talk about Igor. And then I want to talk about Kako. Are you referring to Igor Shesterkin? Shesterkin. The is goalie of the Igor New York Rangers. that I want to talk about? This is the goalie of the New York Rangers that you're this talking about. The goalie of the New York Rangers. Um, so since, well, we're on a 10-game winning streak. We are. Um, Igor Shesterkin has been the goalie for six of them. He has. And he has a 951 save percentage. And a 184 goals against average. Is that good? Are those good numbers? I think they're pretty good, guy. Are those good? I think they're pretty Are those good. good? Is Igor Shosturkin not? Is he not cooked? With a shutout and an assist. Pretty. He good. almost got an empty netter today. He that I was. I got. I got pretty gas in that at that, at that point. But I mean, he he's looking real good. This is probably he's playing confident, but not pushing it he he looks he looks phenomenal i I don't i I don't see any shakiness that we've had from him in the past in the past couple of uh weeks no i mean look it's been a it's been a rough year for igor Mm -hmm. and we've just been saying it all year let's just wait and see let's wait and see eventually it'll come back eventually it'll come eventually it'll come and and here we are Thank God our patience paid off. Right. And you know what? Honestly, thank God for Jonathan Quick. Who I was about to bring up next. Four of those 10 games, he's won. Save percentage, 932. Not too shabby. Not too shabby. Goals against 199. Also with an assist. Question. Yeah. Is this the best goalie tandem in the league right now? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, absolutely. For for the month for the month of February, for I'll even go as yeah for the month of February, yes, absolutely the best goalie tandem in the league for the season, the best goalie tandem in the league. January, we can I think at this point we just have to wash January away. That was a warning. Hey, when things go wrong, this is what's going to go wrong. Keep that, keep an eye out for that, and then just play from there. So if we wash mm. January away, if we wash January away, this is the best team in the league, hands down, bar none. Yeah. You know, if they do slightly better in January, we have a several-point lead in the league. Yeah. If they just are 50% better in January. It, well, if they were 10% better, they were 500 in January. And this is no, they were, were two I, games below 500. Two games, two games below, below 500. 500. So if they were 
one game better, they would have been two games better. They were about 500. And then we're talking a four point lead, four more points, mm-hmm. which if I look at the standings, we would uh, be in first place in the league. Well, we are first place. In, oh, no, we're first place no, in the Van- division. We'd be first place in the league by two points. Uh, two points. Two, yeah. or three, two or three points. I mean, we're second place in the league and have two games in hand on the first place team. Man, are we good? Are the Rangers good? Are the Rangers good? This is the question. I, you, I, you hate to think it because you don't want to jinx it. Um, But yeah, I think they're good. You know, I I sent out a tweet the other day, and I don't remember it exactly. So I'm going to go back, and I'm going to look at it. This is fantastic podcasting. It's okay. Uh, I'll because be. I'm also pulling up. What the fuck? Did I get logged out of Twitter? Oh, my God. All right. It's all on you. All right. So, so here's what I said. I'm quoting me. Here's what I said two days ago <laughs> after we beat uh, – who did we play last Jersey. Day? Right. So I said, folks, I'm not a blind optimist. Mm-hmm. I know this team has some issues that need to be addressed. And I know January was brutal. And you know what, Carlo? Jan- like we just discussed, January was brutal. That was pretty By bad. anyone's standards, by any team or any fan's standards, January was a fucking shit show, right? But here's what else I know to be true. Bad teams do not go on 10-game winning streaks. There you go. Bad teams do not hold on to first place in the division and the conference until late February. Preach. Right? Bad teams do not go to bed on February 24th, the day of our motherfucking Lord, February 24th, with less than 20 total losses. Yeah. These are not things that bad teams do. The I don't know who needs to hear this, but if you do, listen up. The Rangers are not a bad team. They are, in fact, the exact opposite. They are a very fucking good team. They're a good team that struggles and stumbles like every fucking team struggles and stumbles. It doesn't matter. This is a dress rehearsal. It's an 82-game dress rehearsal. And if you're going to compete every night, if you're going to actually compete and try new things and give 110% every night, like Peter Laviolette has a lot of these guys trying to do, mm-hmm. you're going to have injuries. You're going to have bad nights. They're not just coasting around playing all-star hockey like they were with Peter Laviolette. Right. With, with, uh, with, with Gerard, Gallant. Gerard Gallant. Right? These guys are competing. And I know it looks it doesn't look that way. We're going to talk about Mika at some point because this guy, <laughs> this, this fucking guy, somebody's got to light the hair and his ass crack on fire. Yeah. He's, he is just, he's got to wake up, but everyone else, everyone else shows up to play on a fucking nightly basis. Just about, yeah, they have some stinkers, 
but every team has some stinkers. I Vancouver mean, is a fucking wagon, Carlo. And they got they got blown out the other night. They Vancouver is on a slide. They're on a four-game skid right now. The, the, the cracks are showing in Vancouver. They're regressing to the mean. Do I think they're going to fall out of the playoff race? Clearly no. not. No. But I, they're, they are showing a little bit more of who they are. They've been riding pretty high. They're still elite. Awesome. Top. They're still they're awesome. They're still fucking awesome. Team. But they're human. If it bleeds, we can kill it, right? Like that's we, we're seeing they can bleed at this point. Carlo, every single team regresses back to the mean. It's what happens. It's just when it's just when it's just getting hot at the right time. It's, it's just really what when it it's just when do you regress back to the mean? When mm-hmm. does it happen in January like it did for the Rangers? Does it happen in February like it's happening for the Vancouver Canucks? Or does it happen in game four of the first round like it happened to the Boston Bruins last year? Right. You know, it happens to every team. Peaks and valleys are inevitable. It's a long season. So I, I want to deviate a little bit. Um, Mika Zibanejad. Let's just get into this. He is just about a point per game. He is. Okay. He's I'm, pissing me off, though. He's pissing me off. He should be better because we want him to be better. He's a point per game. Okay. He's a plus 16. Excuse me. He's a plus 16. He's had goals in his three goals in five games. He's got six points in five games. All right. We all hate him, though. Why do we hate him? Why do we hate Mika Zibanejad? He's a plus three in five games. Is it possible that it just two power play? Two of those are power play goals. Is it possible that it just appears as if he's coasting all the time because his hair is just like fucking flowing? No, it's because it's five on five. He's got three. He's got two power play goals and a shorthanded goal, and no five on five goals. I'm just looking at the last five games. I'm not like doing a deep dive. Just the past five games, he has five. He has three goals. Mm -hmm. They're Mm -hmm. all. On special teams. He's not you know, doing it on five from five. I've said this before, and I'm going to say it again. I think the Kreider Mika fix and the power play one fix is not a deadline acquisition. It's splitting them up. I know. I think at this point, leave them together. Okay. Just leave them together. Right. I don't think Drury needs to go get somebody to fix Mika and Kreider, I think Lafreniere is the fix for Mika and Kreider. I'm put really Lafreniere, to break up that line. Put Lafreniere. Just try it. Just try it tomorrow. Put Lafreniere on that line with Mika and Kreider. Lafreniere, and we'll, we'll talk about this more in a bit, but Lafreniere is awesome. Yeah. He's cooking. Right now, right, and you know what? He's it's not just it's not just oh, it's a Panarin bump anymore because no. he's doing it when Panarin's not even on the ice with him. Panarin's getting the Lafreniere bump, right? He's doing it without Panarin now, yeah, he's doing it four on four, he's do, he's creating on his own, he's an animal, you know? he's awesome, yeah. Um, 
put Lafreniere on that line. Put VC on the on the bread line with Trocheck, mm-hmm. and find a guy at the deadline to play two right wing. Yeah, it'll be cheaper. And f- find a guy who's gonna shoot and shoot and shoot and shoot and shoot and shoot and shoot. We just need another Will Cooley. Yeah, we just need two of them. Yep, that's all we need. That is all we need. I'd say put Will Cooley there, but on God's name, if anyone even suggests splitting up Will Cooley and Kako, Kako, Kako these two together. Can we talk <sighs> about Kako? Holy Sheesh. shit. Kako is probably Bro, playing cooking. the best stretch of hockey he's ever played. Every time the puck touches his stick, it's on net. Every time. Every Which, Maybe he should be on that second line with Panera. <laughs> he probably should be. He's, but the thing is, is that him and Panarin are both possession yeah. beasts. You know, they yeah. both want to play the same game. And I have a theory about Kako. I could tell you my theory now. Yeah. Please. Okay. Here's my theory about Capo Kako. Capo Kako, even from a young age, has always been, even when he played in Finland with, with men, mm-hmm. was always the guy. Right. He's been better than everyone, even Holy at a young Oh, birthday boy. Oh, it's going to take him a while to... Yeah. Go ahead and finish your point. All right. So Kapokako's always been the guy. He was the guy in Finland at eight, 17, 18, 19 years, 17, 18 years old. He comes here, right? They, <clears throat> he gets buried in the bottom six. We all know the Kako struggles. Yeah. Right? David, I'm, t- I'm, I'm giving birthday, Carl my... Dave. Happy birthday, sir. Thank you. I'm giving Carla my my uh, my theory on Capo Kaka right now. So Kako is the he's the guy in Finland, right? He's the guy on his line on his team. He comes to New York. We know his struggles. We've been trying to figure out how come we put him up on the on the top line. He goes dark. Put him on the second line with Panarin. He goes quiet. But then last year we put him on that kid line with Lafreniere and, and Hedl. He explodes. Mm-hmm. Right? He's a breakout. This year, put him on that top line. He's quiet again. He gets hurt. He comes back. Shelter him on the first line. Starts to look good. Put him on the top line. Cold. Back to the third line. And him and Will Cooley are on fire. I think Capo Caco has a deferment issue. When Caco looks at Kreider and Mika, he (laughs) sees two veterans. They're both wearing a letter. They are leaders on this team, and Capo respects them. And Capo yeah. says, it's my job to feed these guys the puck. They are mm-hmm. the leaders of my team. It's their team. They are it's the leaders. It's good city. It's right. It is good team. These are a good guy. It is good city. Wow. <laughs> I feed them good puck. Right? Yeah. I think that's – but. On that third line, and, with can I interrupt rookie, you? The worst people you could possibly feed are Zibanejad and Kreider because they can't fucking bury it, right? Well, particularly Kreider, you know. Yes, yes. but it just—he's got hands of stone always. But you put him on that third line with a rookie and a career AHLer. He's the veteran. Kako, it's I'm the guy on this line. Yeah. I'm taking over. And how much do you love watching him in the interviews? He's got. He's got a little bit more confidence playing on that line. 
he's swinging the dick a little bit more. He's and... cooking. You watch him play tonight? Yeah. Everything was on Holy net. Shit. Everything was on net. It, awesome. He was making he was making people look foolish tonight. Our middle six is tremendous. Yeah. Our middle six is tremendous. It's I think move Lafreniere up. Let him play with Zabanajad and Kreider. Mm-hmm. And then go get me. Just go get me a go get me a guy who just shoots recklessly and put him on mm-hmm. and put him on Trocek's right wing. I don't I my my concern, and Dave, we're gonna get your input on this real quick because we gotta get you in this episode here. My concern is Panarin's season is due to Lafreniere. I don't think that's no, no, I don't no. think that's completely true. I absolutely think it's true. I, I think, think there's Panarin, definitely think, a symbiotic relationship there. I that that's I, beneficial for it's both. Like, yeah. But remember Ryan Strom, Panarin. It was like, oh, P- Strom is only having these numbers because of Panarin, and that's true. Because Panarin is such a talented player, he will take the feeds from anywhere. Lafreniere is so talented that he has now put Panarin on a career pace. I think uh, I think part of what you're saying Lafreniere is true. away. You now you're going to see that dip in production from Panarin, and you're gonna offer it up to the you know fucking the Wonder Twins. I think what you're saying is partially true. I think in the beginning of the season, it's Panarin that got Lafreniere yes, going. Yes, but I also think part of it's Trocheck too. I mean, Trocheck makes just everyone think- on his line better. Yeah, I just think these three guys, like Dave said, there's this symbiotic thing that's happening with these three guys. They trust each other. They're having a really good time together. And you could see it when they're on the ice. You could see it when they're on the bench. They love Panarin and Trocek love beating Lafreniere up. Have you noticed yeah, that? Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I'm also a little bit hesitant to split them up, but I think Lafreniere, he deserves a shot on the, at that top line. He really does. He deserves a shot at, you know, but let's I, see what he could do. Because Mika's a natural shooter. Line, He's already, Mika, that is the Mika, top line. Mika is a natural shooter. He's not a facilitator. And that's, mm-hmm. we've talked about this before. Uh, when you try to, when when we got to, somebody's got to be on that line to, to facilitate the play, to drive the play and let Mika score goals. So, I just, I just want. I know with like Mika Kreider, it's a top line. It's line one. I'm looking at the stats now. I'm looking at the time on ice. Trocheck, the center of his line, has three to four minutes more per night than Mika Zibanejad. Hmm. The Trocheck line is the top line. Yes, hundred percent. So Lafreniere is on the top line. Okay, Kreider and Zibanejad. They're I don't know why we've decided to call them the second line or the first line. They are the second line. They're Mika is on the ice twenty minutes a game, almost exactly. Trocheck, you're averaging twenty three minutes a game. That's three minutes. That's late. That's end of the third. That's uh, penalty killing. Well, they're both off of penalty killing, but those are important minutes that the Trocheck that second that Trocheck line is playing, right? Mm-hmm. So, giving Lafreniere a shot at on that line is that is a demotion. He's going to play four less minutes a night. 
So, all right. So I think what we're all saying is, is that we don't fuck with the pen, the second line, which is the first line. No, Brandon is saying that he's saying put well, Lafreniere right. on the line. Right. So, so this is what I'm saying. This is what I'm saying. The only move that really makes sense is to keep Kako where he's happy, where he doesn't defer, where he doesn't feel the need to defer, so he's yes. comfortable. Keep him on the Cooley Brzezinski line, right? That's the third line. Mm-hmm. That they're gonna hum. They're young, they're dumb, and they're gonna have some fun. So Lafreniere, Trocek, Panarin, don't mess with it. it what? Why? Why? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. There's something clearly broken with with the the first line, the the Mika Kreider line. So by removing Kako to make him more comfortable, the only way to make the first line uncomfortable in a positive way, in a growth way, is to bring in an outside winger, which is only going to come via trade, which is, which is somebody Wheeler worked more or less on that line. Yeah, Wheeler only worked to the lowest degree because of his age. Uh, uh, it could it, it should have worked higher, but his age, his his physical ability, his his hockey acumen, everything has declined severely. We saw that, and it's a shame that he got hurt. But it's for the better for the team. Yeah, that it happens sooner than later. Now you bring in an outside trade for a prospect. Say you bring in Duclair or something. Just just to throw a someone, name out because someone, you, yeah, yeah. But somebody like that, he's gonna put enough pressure on them to. <laughs> get out of their comfort zone to grow, to uh, build a uh, relationship to be successful. They, so Kreider and Mika have gotten too comfortable with each other and with whoever they've been plugging on from internal sources. Let's make them uncomfortable. Let's make them work more. And then we're going to see the positive, we're going to see positive results. We need that winger more than we need a center. And I think we've said this yeah. for weeks now, for over a month. So why not just do it? It's it's one move that they need to make, and I think it can help them out exponentially. Here's my Lafreniere fix. Put him on the first power play line. Yes. Done. Mike drop. Yeah. Obama. I, I think, Boom. I think that's a great way to reward Lafreniere and help, uh, and we've said this before, and help sort of let Mika clear his head a little bit, take away the power play responsibilities from Mika for a little while. Right. Just five games, you know. Although, uh, although that outdoor game power play goal tying goal with one and a, one and a half left, that shit was right. fucking sexy as hell. That's, <laughs> that's just that's just because uh, the Islanders' power penalty kill is the worst in the league. Yeah, excuse me, is abysmal. <laughs> but yeah, I, I it's just I don't know. I don't think you don't. You, I don't think uh, – uh, I think Meek has got to come off that top power play unit. Yeah, I, I agree. All right, so what I, about – yeah, let, yeah. let me ask you this. What if – so there's a, there's a lot of rumors floating around that we are in heavy talks with the Seattle Kraken. Wenberg and Gord. Both of them? Yes. So I don't, I don't see how that happens. It doesn't Yanni make Gord. sense. It, Yanni, it it doesn't. Yanni what Gord. they would have, yeah, Yanni, yeah. Go ahead, Dave. Sorry. Go ahead. No, for for what they would potentially have to give up 
it does not make any sense. It doesn't make Gord. sense. For Yanni Gord. Right. Of, of one of them, for, for Wenberg, like, I could see it making sense. But the thing is, like, what are they fucking asking? And how much of the chemistry that is built on two-thirds of the lines that you have is that going to take away from? Third line is you don't touch the third line. That's fine. Fourth line is fine. We already said the bottom six we shouldn't touch anyways unless it's internal internal adjustments. It's the only way we should fix that. Second line, perfect. We don't need anything. First line is the only thing. You only need one person, one player. What's so, the rumored ask for this trade? Do we know? I don't know. I don't know. But Yanni Gord is on the books $5.1 million for this year and next year. So they're gonna want something back for Yanni. Right. That's what I'm saying. It's they're gonna want it's... they're gonna they're gonna I do know. Did you guys hear? Well, Dave, you were out to dinner, but in Correct. the uh during the game, Emily Kaplan did a she did a segment during the game where she said that in every trade great talk, blouse, every, by the way. Yes. Every segment, every trade conversation that Chris Drury was in the second that Othman or Perot came up, the trade talk ended immediately. He's not willing to move them at all. So, they're off the table. Which means if a piece is going to go back, it's going to be a roster piece. Or it's going to be a a Berard or a Sakura. But for Yanni Gord, they're going to want either a very high-end prospect or a roster piece. What if I, I, I love Johnny Brzezinski, but could we do better than Johnny Bird? Like, would we be a better yeah, team? Johnny, Johnny Gord Br- is an upgrade from Brzezinski. Would we be but, a better team if you, if Johnny Brzezinski was a fourth line winger? And our fourth the, line was Brzezinski. Well, but what's the what, VC? What? What was the fourth line as it was constructed today? I I watched the first two periods, but I, I just wasn't paying attention to the lines uh, that were rolling. I know Edstrom and Rempe were out there Goodrow, on the same line. Goodrow, and as the as ESPN so eloquent, eloquently put it, the Twin Towers. God, I fucking hate ESPN. You know, how, how tasteful and tactful, <laughs> you know, of ESPN, especially when it comes to hockey. Yeah. Good job. Well, fellas. I mean, everyone who works at ESPN is under the age of what year is it? They're <laughs> under the age of twenty-three, so they have no concept of what they said. They're all they're all uh, post uh, post nine eleven babies. Yeah, they're all Gen uh, Z. God, so, they, so they, Wenberg, they, they, that's right. They, they call them Twin Towers. That's fucking terrible. W- Wenberg is the only. It, 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 this is his last last year in his contract. Wenberg, so that. Rental. Right, that that makes more sense because it would be an easier get, and you'd have to give up less. And if I don't want to give up a roster player for somebody else, I don't want to give up a high prospect for for a rental either. So there's two wingers on the last year of their contract in in Seattle. One would definitely slot into the top line, and that's Jordan Eberle. Uh, but that's fine. He's at five point five. We need money retained. Uh, and it would cost a lot, especially yeah. if we were also going after Wenberg. But, but 
it doesn't make sense to go for two then. I mean, I don't know. This is what well, I say. I'm what sorry. What does Seattle need? What does Seattle need? Yeah. Seattle just needs Seattle's just assets. Assets. Yeah. So mm. a first, you know, a second, a third. We have we have no second. We have no second round picks. A first, a third, a third, a fourth, and a couple of Hartford guys. Yeah, like Belzeal, uh Riley <laughs> Nash. Well, for... I don't know. I don't know if they want those guys. I'm thinking it's gonna be more like Berard or Sakura. You know what? I if you gotta, Sakura. if one or the other, you you could. Well, Sakura is gonna, yeah, either one of them. Now, I because do, because they're both on the last year of the contract, they'll they'll retain fifty percent, no problem. Yeah, but so I I think the cap is not a problem for us. It's what do we have to give up? If look, if if ever if Eberly is gonna cost too much, and you and instead of having Eberly push wingers down on the right side we can get they can get a little bit more creative go for Wenberg see if you can get money retained but like I said instead of pushing wingers down maybe in that package bring in Tatar and push people up I love Tatar I love Tatar I liked him for a long time he he could be good you know, then maybe because Tatar could play up and down the lineup. He's mm-hmm. a veteran. Then maybe you could try to Lafreniere on that Savannah Jad line and put Tatar with Panarin and Trocek. See what that looks yeah, like for a couple true. of games. That that you know? would yeah, that would be a good look. I don't I don't like Eberly. I think it's it's just not it's just too much of it's too much of a personality, a new personality in the room. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's a part of the leadership group there in Seattle. You don't want to, the Seattle want to disrupt it, maybe, but you don't want to bring in another, you don't want to bring another rooster into the hen house. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, that's a good point. You don't want to bring in guys who are wearing letters on other teams. Right. I mean, Gord, I mean Gord, Gord's got an A, but I think Gord is. He's a team player. He's not the vocal. Eberly's a more vocal guy than Gord. Eberly shoots, though. Eberly shoots more than double what Wenberg and Tatar does. I mean, Eberly does shoot. But, I mean, listen, maybe that's the jarring Mika and fucking Kreider need. Eberly's a little bit more senior than them, correct? So maybe he will kind of lead by example. And break them out of their whatever complacent mold that they've been in for the past year and a half. And it, it I mean, that's that is my, you know, outward projection of it. Yeah. Why Eberly would be the best fit over Wenberg? Because then you might have somebody younger. I guess Tatar is not necessarily younger, right? Tatar's been around a while, but like, I don't want anybody that's going to defer to them because they, they've they've shown through their own play of the how their indecision negatively impacts what's going on so let's get somebody that's gonna shoot that has a set of fucking balls that's not afraid to fucking rattle some cages and and, and yell on the fucking ice maybe we need some we need a fucking killer i need I some mean, fucking honestly, fire on this team tatar could do that i mean tatar's done every he's played every role in the league so but all right we already discussed how how kako isn't working on the top line so right, i so and, play, and, and play tatar with 
uh, with Mika and Kreider? Jad and Kreider. Yeah. Okay. You know, here's something interesting, Dave, that Carlo said. If you so when you say things like let's put Tatar on our top line, I I shrivel up into a ball of fuck you. What are you talking about? Yeah. Tatar on our top line. But if you stop considering the Meeker Kreider line our top line. Yes. You're then right. it They're doesn't not. then it doesn't sound so, you know, let's put Tatar in our middle six. Yeah. The, the yeah, minutes, sounds better. The minutes show that they are the middle six. You know, and it's not so bad. Look, Tatar can play hockey and he's he's only at 1.5 mil. It's yeah. Maybe we can get some of that retained. That'd be nice. I mean, you you wouldn't even need to because if you take on the whole contract, then you have to give up even less to get him. You can give fucking shekels on the dollar. Well, he he would be a rental, um, right? But yeah, what do you, you give up a fourth for Tatar? Exactly, that's a, nothing. That's, that's no sweat off his sack. A conditional fourth. Even if we just threw a fourth or a fifth at them for Tomas Tatar, and that's it, and, that's and it. went shopping somewhere else for a center. Yeah. Well, I, center. Do, but do we need a center? I don't think we. Need I don't center. think we need it. I think I, 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 unless I, I we agree. buy out Goodrow, unless we buy Goody out, I, which we I mean, should we can, do. We, we can't do that until after the season. But yeah, uh, but I agree. But right. we're one like we could use some depth there. We, yes, we we, we could I, use a little bit of depth there. I agree. I agree on on the lack of depth. Uh, at center position, I think that would be great, but we need you know, we need somebody that's going to be a cheap rental. Then, so Wenberg, I, I, Wenberg, and Tatar for future considerations and the second round, uh, a, a, a first round. Fuck it. If they, I mean, if are, they, are we pushing the chips in this season? If they retain, if they retain 50% on Wenberg, that brings it down to 2.25. Then 1.5 for Tatar. Tatar. So we're at 375. That still leaves us with with cap space. But like so what so we just bring in who? Just keep keep a keep a larger taxi squad. Yeah. You know. Um I think I, I think the I think Gord Gord and Wenberg is too pricey, obviously. Would I like that? Yes, I would. Mm-hmm. Yes. It, you gotta but you gotta go one or the other. You can't go both. Um I think to talk was talking to about Wenberg to get to Gord. That's mm-hmm. a possibility. Mm-hmm. Um because Gord could play anywhere. On this on this on this roster, Gord can play anywhere in this lineup and be super effective. Yeah. I have a question. This is a, this is definitely not going to happen, but I wish you know what? I wish it would. I I wish like a motherfucker it would. The Rangers have four more games until the trade deadline. A potential for eight more points. If we win those four games, that puts us at 89 points at with 20 games left making it almost a mathematical impossibility that we will miss the playoffs. Right. I would like to see us do what the fucking Vegas Golden Knights just did again 
and let's let's pretend Mika's hurt. Like they're pretending Mark Stone is hurt again. He's got a lacerated spleen, dude. He's not hurt. <laughs> He's not fucking hurt. Skate it off. How come every how come every year at exactly this time of year, Mark Stone gets an injury that nobody could see? Because he's old and slow and he needs the time off. And he actually probably is very injured because he's old and slow. He's injured. They're cheating, Carlo. It's not cheating. Okay, Where's so my I, look, okay. okay. So, they're, they're, so not the Vegas, they're not so cheating. They're not cheating. The gold. They, the are, Knights, they are gaming. They are gaming. He's the their cap. top point producer. In the, why would they want him out of the lineup? Because at this point, they know that it's mathematically almost impossible for them to miss the playoffs, and all you got to do is get in. Especially in the West. Um, they are five points. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. They're nine points out into the playoffs. That means mm-hmm. if the Kings or Nashville or the Blues decide to like have a decent week, they're fucking in the wild card yeah. race. Now say that again with a straight face. Now say it just the Kings or Nashville or the Blues. Really, all, all right. three of them have to have a decent week. No, not all three. Any one of them. And the Kings had the Kings are the best team in the fucking West for the whole yeah. first quarter of the season. Nashville, okay, fine. But St. Louis, like, you're really going to rule St. Louis out? They snuck into the fucking playoffs and then won the cup. With Jordan Bennington. With Jordan Bennington in that. This guy's a <laughs> all fucking I'm bum. Saying, all I'm saying is if the Rangers win the next four games, Chris Drury should seriously consider pretending that Mika Sabanajad has a ruptured spleen. <laughs> we should have, putting him we should have actually LTIR. fucking took a club to Mika Sabanajad's leg three months ago. Yeah, we should have. We should have Nancy Kerrigan. We should have heard it. We actually should have heard it. We should pretend he's hurt, and then use that eight point five million dollars to bring in whoever the fuck we want. Patrick Kane. And then yeah, we'll just (laughs) can we Patrick Kane is our psycho. Can we give Patrick Kane more money at the deadline to come here, (laughs) (laughs) and then just fucking bring in whoever the fuck we want, and then Mika can make his mysterious and miraculous return the second the fucking playoffs start. Either yeah, that, I mean, Carlo, or they need to change the fucking rules that your playoff roster needs to be in place for fucking five games leading up to the post. I'm not arguing. I don't disagree with you in that the rule's not good. I agree. That rule sucks. Yes. Mark Stone, and you know what? They're probably... I'm I'm half... I'm on the fence here because Mark Stone is their best player. Yeah. Vegas is not great. They're good this season. They're not great. Yeah, they're not. They're not a lock. They're they're not a lock. Mark Stone is their high, their best player. The team moves as Mark Stone moves. Last season's different. They had a different vibe. Yeah, Phil Kessel. I don't don't think they want Mark Stone out of the. It was the Phil Kessel effect. Dave's right. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) The Glizzy boy. Gliz Gliz City. We, by the way, we missed the boat. He's is he? Did he get signed to Vancouver? Or he's just on that tryout right now. I thought I thought he was just on a tryout. Condition, yeah. Right. Yo, you see a picture of that beef Wellington I just sent you? I had last. I had tonight. Sick, Sick. bro. I'm not a welly boy. I'm not a welly boy, but that looks good. Oh, that a, looks good. If you had that welly, you'd be a welly boy. Actually, let's Dave. Let's let's take a break from hockey. Okay. So I'm gonna set this up, Dave. Every year. 
for Dave David's birthday. <laughs> he there, we have a group dining experience, and it's always a phenomenal experience. Dave, tell us this year about your birthday dinner. Oh, so we went back to a tried and true favorite of mine, which is is Harry's, which is down on Hanover Street, uh, close to the ferry in Manhattan. Um, and it was an experience. I, it's funny because they've had the beef Wellingtons. It's like their staple since 1972 or something. I think it said on the menu. Wow. Never, never once got it. Never. I always went straight for the 28 day dry age, uh, ribeye. Porterhouse, ribeye. Or, yeah. yeah port, ribeye. I'm a ribeye man. I, every time I deviate from ribeye, I'm, I'm usually, uh, disappointed to some degree. You know, usually not a lot, but you know enough to be like, damn, I should have got the rib. But the beef Wellington, oh my god, it was fucking perfect. Like you know, what what what's like meat beef is one of the greatest things you could ever eat. Now it's, wrap it's, it. It's a perfect in, food, right? Wrap it in pastry dough. Yeah, another perfect <laughs> food. Is is that? What is is that spinach or what's that? What is the veg the green vegetation in in, in that's that's mushroom duxel, is what? it? Or the stuff the stuff in between the beef and the pastry? Yes, and the yes. is mushroom duxel. Yeah. So it's mushrooms and herbs and garlic that Bro. they chop that they dice they chop it up super fine and then they they cook all the moisture out of it. Mm-hmm. It was. It was fantastic. It was just like melt in your mouth. So instead of like, you know how we, we don't have, um, you know, they don't give you really sides. You usually order sides. So, you know, it was a table of six of us. So we, you know, we asked the guy, hey, you know, how many sides should we get? It's like four will be good for you guys. Like, okay. So we got um, polenta fries. Nice. With, with a nice garlic aioli. Um, a hash brown, hash brown bowl fucking it's like a mix between hash browns and mashed potatoes mm-hmm. out, of, out of this world onion rings a tower onion rings because you can't can't not have onion rings and um oh my god what was the other thing oh cream spinach which is okay. always always a solid get you, you you like your cream spinach i know loves cream spinach i mean it helps it helps everything get out you know too it's like all right move along people you've been here long enough let's get out of here um so no mashed potatoes you went to a steakhouse you didn't get mashed he's got, potatoes? He's got the, ha- the hash brown the hash brown fries yeah it's a hash brown bowl and it's like a mix between mashed potatoes and crispy hash browns yo i'm tell i'm telling you man it was incredible polenta fries you, uh, you, you, I like onion rings. You lost me with polenta fries. I don't do polenta. No, the polenta fries are good if they have something because they can get dry. Yeah, can get it dry. wasn't dry. It wasn't even dry with even without the garlic aioli. I wasn't even eating. Yeah, okay. it was just perfect, perfectly crisp on the outside, perfectly delicate on the inside. And I do like a cream spinach. I'll fuck with so. Cream so he, uh, here's I like saute spinach guy, frankly. I it depends how I feel. I, I like fucking with both of them, like you know, because I like. I, mean, to I don't. Spinach. I don't not fuck with cream spinach. Cream it up, <laughs> slop it up. Yeah, I I had to, I had them put a pitcher of water on the table for um for me just in case I wanted to slop up my my uh, beef welly. But um, so so Chip got a uh he got the twenty eight day dry aged uh bone and ribeye. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tish got Tish got the burger, which was tremendous. Which meant oh, yeah, I. I got the 
I got the kickback of that, which he could nice. finish. How was that? That was it. Was fucking. It was very very good. Um, let's see. Dan got the swordfish. His wife got the beef welly, and a late addition and a most welcome addition to the night. Um, so I saw this this individual at the gym, and somebody had dropped out uh, the last second of of the of the dinner. And this gentleman that I seen at the gym, I go, hey, and I'm sorry, you know, and I apologize. I'm, like, I'm sorry for not inviting you earlier because I just, it's mostly slipped my mind. It's just been a crazy time as everybody, as you guys know. And I was like, would you like to come to dinner with us? And he's like, absolutely. Where are you going? I was like, Harry's. He's like, I love that place. And I was like, yeah, you do. I was like, how's the beef Wellington there? He's like, it's incredible. And I was like, oh, yeah. That's what, exactly what I'm going to get right now. I know. I so, know who this person is. I, I think I know who it is. <laughs> so as as you you gumshoes have probably put I mean, together, it's your it's your gym it's your gym buddy. <laughs> it's my gym buddy, and all you listeners, all you tens of listeners out there must know. Fucking Joe, it's Mr. It's Mr. Joe Bo John Baruso, and um, we had we had a, a wonderful time, and I, it was such a a welcome uh p- surprise. To have him come in this in in this late in the game, he's always a great addition to any mix. I love John. Hundred percent. Going to eat with John. Going to eat with John Baruso is, I is the single greatest experience you'll ever have, because he's like going to eat with your dad or like your <laughs> your mom, like like going or like to eat your, with your parents. cool mom or dad. Right? <laughs> well, no, like, like like he doesn't like no, like he doesn't pull like. Like he doesn't like he has no filter. Like if stuff's like I watched him look at a server like in the eyeballs with a mouthful of food and be like, "This is fucking great." <laughs> and then oh. like also like if like things are not to his standard, you're gonna know about it. The oh, yeah. whole time you're gonna know about it. But he simultaneously has the most decorum out of everybody in the group. Yeah. yeah. But but he's a man who knows what he's likes and he has he has standards, which is, is yeah. very much appreciated. Oh, so before before dinner too, my brother had 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 um some French cheese shipped over like a month or two ago from you uh-huh. know from France. Dry ice and everything, bro. This shit you it was in wrapped in plastic. Wrapped in plastic. Was um, it hard cheese? Or was it no was it oh it was, was it, no it was soft. Was it, was it creamy steamy. cheese? It was creamy. It was stinky. The rind was even more bitter, like more like musky and earthy than, oh my God, it stunk. And we baked it for like 25 minutes. Nice. Then we had like these nice, you know, uh, crackers uh, and stuff like that, that, you know, that didn't take away with it. And he had um, a nice bottle of red wine, a French wine to pair with it because they they give you like a breakdown of what you can pair red and white with, uh, with it. Yo. This shit was so fucking good. What, what was it, the it stunk. I could not pronounce. I won't even attempt to pronounce it. But brie. I will text you. I will no. It wasn't brie. It wasn't counting. Costco brie. No. I got the a shit from Costco. The the shit the, was like borderline the, the, moldy. The, the like, Kirkland you know, region you know of France. <laughs> no, it was like borderline moldy. Like, you know, you can see how the top, it's like like wavy yeah. and shit like that. It what yeah, it wasn't flat or anything like a common bear or 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 a brie or something like that. This it shit changed. was yeah, I guess. Yeah. So like it was it, I'm not gonna lie, it was a little off putting the smell when I opened it up and put it in. The oh yeah, oven. most, Fr- like, most French cheeses, man. That shit is rank. But, mm-hmm. but you bake incre- it 
you bake it, you you pop a little croissant on it. It's, uh-huh. nice. it's good stuff. Croissant France. So all, all in I, all, I had a all, fucking. It was a great. I had a dank. I had a dank ass dinner last night. Sandra and I went out to dinner for Valentine's Day. We were supposed to go to the spot on Valentine's Day, but I got sick, so we moved our reservation to last night. At the it's this, it's this, uh, it's this spot in downtown Portland called uh, Departure. It's like this Michelin star restaurant. It's actually owned by the uh, by Gregory Godot. He was on Top Chef. He owns a couple of restaurants in Portland, and it's sort of like it's Japanesey. It's got a Japanese vibe. A fusion, yeah, but it's like not really a fusion. It's beyond, okay. like it's ja- it's just Japanese, but like, okay, okay, okay. uh, but yeah, we did like the, they have like the um, you could do you could order a la carte or you could do like the experience. The, the omakase. Well, well, it's sort of like now you pick one thing from each menu from each part of the menu, and it's like. Actually, like way cheaper than I thought it would be. It was only like, like sixty five dollars a person. Oh wow, nice. that's incredible! Yeah, that. But uh, we so we did that, and then I ended up adding things on a la carte. Yeah. But to start off, like I got this hamachi tataki, which was fucking amazing. And uh, Sandra tuna collar. Fuck, that's just fun to and, say. <laughs> and Sandra got this uh this tuna uh, sushimi. That was in this like delicious like citrusy cream sauce with like blood orange and like flower blood like like flower oh, nice. petals and it was gorgeous and delicious. So we split each one of those and then the second round was uh, the sous vide and then deep fried pork belly and this like sweet chili sauce. Wow! Um, Holy smokes! And these like little chicken thigh lollipop like in sweet chili sauce, which was awesome. Then it was uh, shaved Wagyu pork bun- uh, beef buns, like um, steam buns, rather. Oh, like the bows? The bow buns. Bro, I took a bite of this thing, <clears throat> and I, t- I talked to the server afterwards, and I was like, this is the kind of the vibe I was getting from it. It was the greatest barbecue sandwich mm. I've ever had in my life because it was the shaved Wagyu beef, and then it was just like this really intricate, like kind of spicy but also really sweet sauce. And then they mm-hmm. had, uh, then they had pickled cabbage and pickled and you know, um, and pickled cucumbers like fast, like not that like full pickle, but like a fast pickle, on yeah. the cucumber. So you got that that vinegar and that tang from the pickle. Yeah, unbelievable. Wow. Then the entrees come out, and Sandra got the chicken katsu with this like with with yeah, sticky buddy. rice and green curry. Like a Thai green, it was a lemon chicken, lemongrass chicken katsu with a with a green curry and white sticky rice. The green curry was fucking like it's the best green curry I've ever had in my life. Wow! Mm. But then I got the seared scallop, and it came with this like this mushroom, and they made it. They make a mushroom stock and a seafood stock, and they make a risotto with both stocks. Oh, wow! So that is interesting. Yeah, and so it's like it's super like it's like it's some like it's got it's earthy, but then it's also like you get that like seafood punching, like that seafood yeah, yeah. like saltiness from it. Mm-hmm. Uh and then it was like five different types of mushrooms mixed in with it. Wow. Uh then the scallop, then they had deep fried, like crispy shiitake mushrooms garnished the whole plate. 
unfucking believable. Wow. That's do, 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 do you know what kind of like now this is a little bit in the weeds, I guess. Do you know what kind of rice they used? Was it like the arboreal rice that they would typically use for risotto, or was it more like no? A, like a it was Japanese... a Japanese. It was a Japanese rice. It was a Japanese wow, rice. That's awesome. That's yeah. sick. Yeah. It was yeah. so like it was so everything about it was just unique and like you ever, like you ever eat somewhere and you're like this place is like I've eaten in a lot of really nice places, but this place is special. Mm, yes you know mm-hmm. i've eaten at both of this guy's restaurants in portland he's got this place and he's got another place it's a haitian restaurant called Khan, which is they're talking about this place like it's like it might be the best restaurant in america right now and the oh, food shit. is just special at both of them and this place is cool like it's on the top what, floor what, of a hotel. what is haitian cuisine uh, haitian like cuisine curries is like, and goat and like stuff like that yeah, haitian cuisine is very very like it's Dixies. It's very modest Haitian cuisine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's it's like it's a lot of poultry. Okay. So it's it's a lot of chicken. It's a lot of jerk. Duck. Uh, there's some jerk. They use this spice blend called ibis. I think I'm saying that right. Ibis, where it's like uh, it's almost like a sofrito. It's peppers and garlic mm-hmm. and onions and oils and spices that they marinate everything in and they cook everything with it. Yeah. Uh, but one of the reasons why I love this guy's restaurants is because like me, he's sober. So he's got a dope ass mocktail menu in all of his restaurants. So I don't feel so super left out when I go to eat there. But anyway, that's cooking. That's cooking corner here on Ranger Things. I'll throw my hat in the ring. Um, Living in Cleveland, I had <laughs> no. I, I don't gonna say Cleveland has Cleveland proper has amazing restaurants. Yeah. Cordelia, Cordelia was oh my god, that was one <laughs> of the best meals I've had in years. My god, um, but you know you live on the suburbs of Cleveland. You don't really you, know, um, you live in the suburbs but, of anywhere. It's bullshit. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's, yeah. It's, Facts. Um, but you know we're we're observing Lent this year. Um, so last night Rachel went out and got some uh mahi mahi from our local uh fishmonger. And let me tell you something, it's in like a mustard sesame sauce or some shit like that. I don't know what the fuck she did. I don't I don't pay attention to what she cooks. It was so good. It was a home cooked meal. Um Hey. Sometimes but- those are the best. But yep. she fucked. She fucked up on the Brussels sprouts. Oh, too soggy. They were delicious. If they yeah. were a little bit crispier, it would have been perfect. But she done fucked up. So was it too much them. oil? Like too much oil you she know, used? Did she bake them? I, I I think she wanted to keep the profile of the meal the same. Hmm. So she the 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 marinade sauce for the fish. She. Put a little bit of that into the, mm. which is like rookie mistake. Like she's learning, but um, yeah, she lost a couple points for that. So it's only three <laughs> lashes. Yeah. Um, so, you know, my wife also is not uh, doesn't cook. It's like one of the first things she told me about herself. She's like, I hate cooking. Yeah, yeah. And I don't want kids. <laughs> wait, wait, so is 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 this an aberration that all three of us do the cooking in our no, in our oh, marriages? No. I so I did all the cooking <laughs> up until. Having tonight. kids, oh, okay. and then it's like, well, 
she, she's got to take care of the kids, so I'm working, so she does all the cooking now. Right. And so it's like, but it's like you got to absorb what I taught you. I we were together for how long? There's this there's this TikTok, uh, and it's like when my husband cooks, and it's this guy, and he's like, he's got multiple pans going, and he's like <laughs> fucking, he's like light, and she's fumbling, uh, fumbling, fire. You setting shit on fire, uh, you know, and <laughs> then fumbling, yeah. You know what I'm fucking talking about. Yeah. Uh, my brain's not on fire. And then it cuts to this, li- and then it's like, oh, when my wife cooks, and it cuts to this like little girl with a chef's hat on, and she's got like a piece of bread and a slice of American cheese, and she's like, I'm gonna make a grilled cheese. I got a- the bread and the cheese, and the cheese and the bread, and every time Sandra cooks, I send her that TikTok. <laughs> You're, I don't even dare. No, ever. Like it. my not wife cooks. Like, oh, this is the best meal. Oh, I I love this meal. It's the best meal ever because she put the. <laughs> it's the effort, not the final yeah. product. I can't. I can't afford has- giving half of my shit up because you just got pissed off because I said we're cooking. <laughs> as long as it's edible, every meal she cooks is the best meal I've ever had. Yeah. Not to talk bad about anybody's cooking, but you know, as, first, as long as it's for me, first it's just- we put the bread, then we put the cheese. <laughs> Well, the problem is my cooking. I am such a good cook. Yes. It's a hard, and she knows that. She's like, I can't cook as good as you. She says that. And I'm like, you can. Just. <laughs> you can. Chill. <laughs> Just chill. Dave, what were you saying before I cut you off with my little girl meme? <laughs> I have no idea. The train has left the station already. <laughs> but Carla makes some really good. You know, you still make pasta Sundays, right? You still make your sauce on Sundays, right? Well, I, we're at the in-laws on Sundays, but um, the um, Sundays were not. I make the pasta. I make the my sauce is world class. Um, I actually I made a meat. I made a I made a meat sauce recently. It's just I made triple the amount, so we would have it. Hell yeah, so good, so good. Um, you know what? You want to hear a real tragedy, like a fucking Shakespearean tragedy? Yeah, absolutely. My son, my Sunday sauce and my meatballs. Are so good. I'm the last time I was in Florida. I made I'm I made a Sunday dinner for my family. I made sauce. I made meatballs. My sauce and my meatballs are so good that my mother cried. She cried when she tasted my my off the boat Sicilian mother tasted my. That's meatballs, how you know you made it. And she do you cried. know why she cri- do you know why she cried though? Because they were she, that fucking good. Because they were better than hers. And she, it was the enlightenment of, oh my God, my son has surpassed me. I'm proud, I've got, but I'm shamed too. And the tragedy, oh, the tragedy is, proud. the tragedy is, I've got no one to fucking cook it for here. That's the it's problem. No it's one appreciates it. I, fuck, brother. Hand that shit up. No. Bro, can it up. The second I, I'm telling you right now, the second I get back to the fucking tri-state area, Sunday dinners are back on the fucking calendar. They are I, the second I move, the second I buy a house, fucking put it on the calendar. 3 p.m. Brendan and Sanders' house. Brendan, you don't. I I, I feel you, man. Like my saw. I mean, my father. My father makes a good sauce, but he learned it from his Czech mother, who was. Punched into her head from her husband, and Jesus. I, I don't know. Maybe, I'm, just, I'm just saying that probably. Um, yes, to. But I, it's you know, I, I, and then, and then I, I, I have a couple different sources for how to make a good sauce, and I make a fucking good sauce. And there's everyone out here, like they go to this 
I'm not going to name the name, but they go to, there's an Italian deli. It's kind of shitty. They'll go there. Oh, I'll just get their sauce or I'll make my own sauce. It's fucking trash. Is that the F, the, the place that starts with F that we go get the pepperoni bread from? No, there. I, uh, I don't, I've oh, okay. never had their sauce. The place that starts oh. with A, that's oh, okay. very close. Oh, uh, okay, okay. And this sauce, it's like they just put a pound of sugar and just throw it in the fucking pot. It's terrible. Uh. Um, but no one appreciates it. Like I make a good sauce and I've made, I've made sauce for like four or five holidays now, Christmas, Easter, whatever it is. And everyone's like, Oh, this is so good. This is so yummy. And it's, but they don't actually appreciate it because they'll still go to fuck. This is so yummy. This is so yummy. But they'll bow before me. Yeah. They'll (laughs) go to fucking Zeppies and get their fucking. Yeah, chicken parm sandwich. Like, oh, the sauce here is pretty good. It's like, no, it's fucking ketchup with some extra sugar in it. I I just don't. And there's Italians here. There are Italians in Cleveland. There's that's that's bizarre because there's a ton of Italians in Cleveland. There's a huge Italian. At least there. I mean, at least there was when I used to visit Cleveland as a kid. I mean, if you go to Little Italy out here, if you go to Little Italy out here, the food's pretty good, but. It's so insular, and all the Italians that are not in Little Italy have been invaded by like Polak blood, basically. Wow, and I could say that. I could say that my wife's a Polak. <laughs> and I'm so sure you, also, got some, uh, you got some Polish blood in you being checked. No, actually, no. I twenty so three. Actually, nope, zero. There's actually a very large Polish community in Cleveland too, and the Polish food is awesome. In the Polish, yeah, you gotta do. Yeah. Bro, the Parma style, bro. The Polish, yeah, the 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 yeah, Polish food is good out here. Actually, I'm excited for a fish fry. I'm going on a fish fry next week. Oh hell yeah! I want to I want to hear details about that. It's just a parking lot. Some guy's got a yeah. big vat of oil and he oh, that's that is the fucking it's fucking dream awesome. Right there. Yeah. <laughs> so every church in the area just deep fries fish. So speaking of that. This is a New York Rangers podcast. <laughs> that was a good. That was a good yeah. forty-five minutes on food. We deserved yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> We're, I, I'd apologize to those of you listening, but I think there's like fifteen of you. Sam, I'm sorry. Yeah, we're, we're good. We're gloves, right. I'm sorry. We're sorry. Well, oh, if anybody loves needs gloves, loves rec- it. <laughs> if anybody needs recommendations for Portland, New York, or Cleveland. You have a you have a oh, a wealth of knowledge here. All right. All right, let's get into it. Three stars. All right, Brendan, who's your star of the week? Oh, star of the week. Oh, I don't want to steal it from you guys, so I'm gonna let I'm gonna leave it there. My star of the week is gonna be Alexi Lafreniere. Nice He's choice. He's been fucking cooking. That's my star of the week. Dave, do you have a star of the week, or do you have to think about it? Just Durkin, bro. He's back on the yeah, fucking horse. Yeah, buddy. He looks good. Talking to my brother today. Uh, we watched the first two periods of the game. And he's like, he's, you know, he, he remarked about his handling of the puck and how, how crisp it looks. And he's like, yo, that's how they're going to win. That That's a sixth player right there that can throw a pass down the ice. I was like, yeah, as he's too much. He's, and he, he said it too. He's like, yo, he's a fucking head case. He needs to fucking shrink. And he needs to get, get his mind right. But I think the all-star break has gotten him, you know, extra time to, I don't know, maybe talk to somebody, I'm maybe just even speak. Him. Lexapro or some shit. Right. He's, he's got Benoit Pro, you know, so Benoit Alera Pro. So 
yeah, I he's definitely my my star of the week. I think I think he's back. I don't think he's a hundred percent back, but I think he is definitely on the uptick. I, I disagree. He's a hundred percent back. Okay. We went over his stats earlier. You missed it. Sorry. You were okay. having a fucking beef Wellington. My star of the week is uh Matt Rempe, free Rempe, hashtag free Rempe. Oh um, yeah. If you guys want, we'll design and sell nice shirts that say free Rempe. Um, yeah, I mean he comes he comes up to the show, he fucking makes a name for himself on the biggest stage in hockey, and he's on he's done nothing but fucking kick ass since. Good for him. I'm happy. He's got his first NHL goal tonight. As he said, the ugliest goal, ugliest first goal ever, but oh well. I'll take it's a game winner. Goal off my shin pads every fucking day. Matt oh, yeah. my my uh my star of the week. And wait, right. I know you. Yeah. I know you guys talked about this already. The bullshit fucking call on the, his hit on Bastion. Oh no, we did not. We did not talk about that. Okay, because what a bullshit call. All right, he. I could see the penalty. I could see a five minute. Made, I could see it. I don't necessarily. I don't. Hey, stop. I don't necessarily agree with it. If you want to call it a charge, if you want to call it a hit to head, hit to the head. I don't think he was bent over. Rempy was straight up. Had his arms down, elbows down, drove through the player. Mm-hmm. He should Clean never it. been tossed. And if, if and the, if fucking, I'm glad the NHL didn't choose to suspend or fine well, him well, because they're the like, problem. no, he he shouldn't have been thrown out. He came back to the game, and then he got his ass kicked by Truba. The thing is, it looked really bad when he's sitting on the ice. Oh, yeah, with, with the oh oh, I don't know what's going on. Yeah. And his nose split open. He did the whole fucking act like he's LeBron yeah. James. He's a soccer player. He's a LeBron bitch. He's a flopper. Bitchin, not Bastion. Yeah. Bastion booger, more like that. So Dave, <laughs> who's your fraud of the week? Yeah, there we go. <laughs> fucking Bastion booger there is my go. fraud of the week. <laughs> fucking piece of shit. You're fucking sinking on this devil. Fucking. Awful. Fuck you. Fuck the devils. <laughs> Brendan, who's your fraud of the week? Uh, Jack? No, Luke Hughes is my fraud Luke of the week. Luke Hughes. I like it. Luke Hughes is my fraud of the week. Luke Hughes thought he wanted that smoke, and then he received that smoke. Luke Hughes, you don't want this smoke. He didn't want any of it. <laughs> All right, my fraud of the week is New Jersey Devils fans. Like, you think mm. you like your team, and then we buy out, like, 90% of your stadium. <laughs> When the Igor chant started in the Prudential Center, like you see, you see on the cameras, there's like a mix. It's like oh, it's like fifty fifty. When the Igor chants were louder than anything you've heard that night, you knew it was like this is a this is an abomination <clears throat> of a fucking fan base. It's an invasion. There were more empty seats. There were so many empty seats that game. First of all, and you can imagine. Walk with me here. If Devil fans die hards, they go to the game. They have the tickets and they go to the game. Then you have the Devil fans who are smart and say, I'm going to sell this to a Rangers fan for like a $100 markup. Okay. And those are Ranger fans. And then you have the people who just were so fucking cowardly, they didn't even show up. New Jersey Devils fans are the fucking frauds of the week, if not the year. Agreed. Thank you. You know, how do you not? How do you? 
How do you let somebody take over your building? How do you let somebody take over your building? A rival take over your building. Did you see what Stat Boy Steven tweeted? uh, What was that? During the Devils game. He tweeted, uh, it was Jack Hughes, in quotes, people pay to watch him play. The Prudential Center right now. Literally the people who pay to watch him, who play to watch him play. The Prudential Center right now. Igor chant. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That was incredible. All right. Well. Uh That's it for this week. Thank you all for listening. Remember, visit our website, rangerthingspodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, or send us an email, contact at rangerthingspodcast.com. For Dave Pacheco. Good night, my beef welly boys. Brendan Lyons. Good night. I'm Carlo Montanino. See you all next week. Well, I want to be young.